You are listening to The Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 170. But this massive middle, buried in the massive middle, are many of your high potentials. Mm -hmm. They are like buried treasure. So I think the deeper we go and the broader we go in an organization, looking at careers from everyone's perspective, the more we will retain engage, and develop a great workforce. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Well, happy day. I'm glad you stopped by. Welcome to the Star Coach Show. I'm your host, Meg Rentschler, coach, educator, mentor, and executive coach. And I am looking forward to introducing you to our guest today, who is internationally known as a professional dedicated to helping individuals, managers, and organizations understand practical how-to principles of employee development, engagement, and retention. Really important principles, particularly for those of you who work within organizations, but really as a whole, the kinds of things that we're talking about today have to do with communication and showing up in a way that we are all capable of doing despite myths to the opposite of that. So we're going to be talking about immobilizing myths that managers carry into the workplace with Dr. Beverly Kay today. We're going to be demystifying those myths and giving tips and strategies on how to overcome those perceived obstacles and actually be more effective in our communication in the way that we engage with the people with whom we work. Beverly's books are everywhere. She received her doctorate from UCLA in 1976. She founded Career Systems International. She currently leads Beverly Kay and Company and her wisdom is just overwhelming. She shares such good information. She's been embedded in this kind of work for so many years and has actually been honored by ATD with their 2018 Lifetime Achievement Award, recognizing her advanced knowledge and extensive practice across the talent development field. She also has been honored by the Association of Learning Professionals with a Thought Leadership Award. And she just continues to be an advocate for employees and the way that we can help organizations and leaders engage and and retain their employees. So get ready. We are going to be looking at five immobilizing myths and how to overcome those myths. I'm super excited to introduce you to Dr. Beverly Kay. Let's go to our interview. 
Beverly Kay, welcome to the Star Coach Show. I am delighted that you're taking time just with us today. Thank you. Pleased to be here. Pleased well, to be in my own office, in my own surroundings, and doing business. Absolutely, because I'm, I'm willing to bet that you're not always in your office. You're probably traveling around helping other people learn about career development and the importance of that. Why don't we start with you sharing just a little bit about what brought you into the field that you're in and what your motivator is? Right. Well, I think my motivator has changed over the years because I've been in the field for 40 years. Wow. That's I don't wonderful. look that old, do I? No, you look like you probably started it too. Good, 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 good. So I think I was always interested in, in careers. In another life, I was a college dean of students at schools that I never could have gotten into. And I noticed that smart, smart students thought there'd be an A line for an A life and an A career and found that if they didn't have a contingency plan, they were in hot water. So I think it always how to help people think broader mm-hmm. than one choice was on my mind. And I got my doctorate at UCLA and had a chance to do my research in the career area. And the research turned into my first book. And no one was doing career development at the time. So it grew into a nice size global consulting company. And excuse my voice, but... Yes, so so Beverly and I are both sort of fighting off the the remains of holiday colds, but we wanted to be together and be with you. So don't mind our little sniffles and a little bit of frogginess to our voice. So I built Career Systems International and we delivered engagement, retention, and career development work around the globe. We've trained thousands of in-house people, and I don't want to say outhouse people, and thousands of consultants to be associates and deliver the work. And I think I myself moved from being a real OD consultant Mm -hmm. to being a learning specialist so that to help people learn about those subjects. And I've always been a very practical person. So how do I do it in a way that anyone can say, I could do that? So the books, etc., are all written in very practical ways. And two years ago, I sold my company to two of my direct reports and actually went through a year of funk. I bet maybe just a little bit of grief over that, even if it was a decision. But I can imagine there was some grief. It was a year of grief. And I'll share with you the event that had me really move on was a sewer pipe broke above my office and caved in the ceiling over all my materials, all my books, all my speeches. And we have four offices here. Only my office did that have sewage all over your just treasure trove of information. So my, my coaching friend said, Beverly, that's a message. And I said, no, 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 no. I don't want to hear that message. And finally, I got it. 
and we had to gut this whole office, everything. Oh, my. And start from scratch. So you can see I still have papers all around very quickly. I build up papers, but it was a great sign to let go of leading a company and and come back to being a single entrepreneur, which I now love. Oh, what a beautiful story. Perfect. Story of, so, of growth and transformation and so I'm calling myself a BFK and company and I'm calling myself a guide on the side and a sage on the stage. So I'm not a coach. I've not been trained in coaching, mm-hmm. although one of my dear friends is Pam McLean and Frederick Hudson. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I'm going to be seeing Pam this weekend because for 10 or 15 years, we've been gathering as a trio and we do an overnight in our pajamas. Oh, how and, awesome. And we coach each other. So for all you coaches out there, I have my Friday night pajama party with Pam McLean and, and one other executive coach. And they use their tools to help me. And I use whatever tools I have to help them. Oh, and for those of you who might not be aware of this, Pam McLean did an, an interview with me around exploring self as coach. And I'll actually put a link to that show in Good. the show notes for today's show. It was fabulous. And that's actually how I connected with Beverly. And I'm so, so grateful to Pam for making the connection. Right. So when we think about career development, what's so important about thinking and and sort of embracing the concept of developing through the career? You know, I think development through our careers is inextricably connected to personal growth. I mean, I don't, you can't separate it. Right. And maybe what was so hard for me in passing on my business was that my entity became my identity. And I even wrote a little blog about that. You know, I was Beverly Kay, you know, consultant, speaker, trainer, etc. And I didn't know how to find myself, you know, in that. Right. So I think unhappiness around career causes great unhappiness in one's personal life. So I value all your, the coaches out there who are trying to help people in, in all the ways coaches help, because you also can't help but help them around careers as well. So important. And you've written so many books. You're quite the author. And we are going to explore a couple of your books today, Help Them Grow or Watch Them Go, Career Conversations Employees Want, and Up Is Not the Only Way, Rethinking Career Mobility. As I was reviewing the books, and I want to thank you for sharing those books with me, 
One of the things that popped out to me, so many of our listeners work with leaders or work with people who have jobs. I would say that most of the people right. we work with probably have jobs. And so that what had popped out to me was that you had shared some myths in your book, Help Them Grow or Watch Them Go, right. that I think that all of us can fall into that trap, whether we're a manager of people, whether we're working with somebody who leads people. Absolutely. Or whether we're in a place of thinking about our own career growth. And I thought that if we could demunk, debunk some of those myths today in, you know, what it is that gets in the way of helping us develop others or being developed ourselves. Yeah. That first myth was there's just not enough time. What do you, what's your thoughts about that whole concept of I don't have time to develop these people around me or right. I don't have time for my own personal development? What are your thoughts about that? You know, sometimes my smart-ass comment is if you don't have time to develop your people, how would you like to start all over again and find a new person? Because the punchline is, and everyone out there, I think, has read the research. People don't leave companies. They do leave managers. People who feel they can't see a future for themselves in the organization are saying, ta-ta. And I think we have to make time. And there's a, a a misunderstanding about time. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean sitting down for one hour and having a career conversation, as in an IDP, individual development plan right. discussion. It means capturing the moment and seeing it as an opportunity to spend a few minutes talking about career. So it is making time when there is none. Uh, I'll give you an example. Yes. Somebody hands you a a report and says, boy, am I glad that's done. Usually we say, thank you, thank you. It looks like a good report. And here's the next one. Instead of using the minute or seconds to say, well, what part are you most glad is done? Right there is a career conversation opportunity. And if the person can't answer, I promise you, they will go home and think about it. And for managers to understand um, what people do not like doing, as well as what they feel great when they're doing, is really important. And it just takes a moment. It takes a moment of being curious instead of just moving on to the next thing, which coaches certainly understand. That moment of asking a powerful question instead of just moving into knowing or moving beyond that moment. Oh, that's really powerful. Right. Absolutely. The time is what we, we give it, what we make it. It doesn't necessarily need to be looked at as these huge blocks of time. Right. But how are we making each moment count with our people? Right. In the midst of the working day mm-hmm. for managers. And I think it's just like notice, 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 notice. And the clues are all around. We let them jump past. In one of the slides I have, you see a desk and an open door and a series of problems that come up every day. And the 
problems shoot across the screen and go out the door. And I say, that's what happens while you wait for the career discussion that's on the calendar. Instead of that, take advantage of those things. Explore, be curious, ask questions. Oh, so good. Okay, so the second myth that we want to debunk here is if I don't talk about it, they may not think about it and status quo will be safe. Status quo, the big enemy of movement and growth. So they, meaning my employees or the other people in the organization, if I don't talk about it, they may not think about it and status quo will be safe. What do you think about that, Beverly? Right. And it's like, I don't want it for managers. It's very hard to walk into the territory that a coach or someone in the HR world walks into every day. And that is locking eyes looking at the person, just listening, not worrying about what will I say next. So I think managers who are not comfortable in that would rather not open the door. My husband has a 30 plus year career as a rocket scientist. Oh, wow. He would rather talk about an equation than interact on that personal level. And so I really understand technical managers for whom the hard stuff is the soft stuff. And the soft stuff is way harder than the hard stuff. Oh, And we take it for granted. Yeah. And reminds me of sort of your other book that that career mobility up is not the only way. Because one of the things that I have learned over the years... I've had the honor of coaching many, many engineers and different technical people that the if the only way up or to be recognized is to manage other people, and that's not their sweet spot, right. there feels like there's a bit of a, well, it's sort of setting them up for failure in a Absolutely. way or setting them up for, for a less success than they could have. So when you think about how do we help people whose growth in the company may not necessarily mean that they're ready to lead people because that's not their sweet spot. What are your thoughts about that? You know, the sad thing about that is one of the major reasons people leave from all my research that went into Love Them or Lose Them, Mm -hmm. that is, we're writing the sixth edition of that, The main reason I leave is I don't see a future for myself in this organization. You know, I've knocked on my manager's door, tried to say, I'm bored, silly. You know, what else is there? And my manager hasn't responded. So I think moving up for some people is the wrong move. And we take it because there's more dollars in it or more glamour in it. And once we're in it, we say, I hate it. Mm-hmm. I loved my technical work more. And many don't know how to say to their leader, I think I made a mistake. I want to go back to this or I want to move into that and think it's easier to leave. And the truth is the grass isn't always greener. Right. It's sometimes astroturf. So 
when organizations recognize that in the book up is not we talk about it mm-hmm. and we used to call it relocation or realignment mm-hmm. and it was like a dirty word and we have to clean up that word and say for some people realignment is reducing your career doing what you love so important and giving you know human capital is we want people to stay and we want people to be engaged and productive so it might be meeting them where they're at or giving them making it safe for them to have these kinds of discussions with us right i'd love go ahead maybe in up is not turning it into an exploratory goal so that you actually give your person a chance to well Let's see what it's like. Let's move you to this position and let's talk in a month or two if, if it is what you thought it would be. Mm-hmm. That would be a very smart move. In Up Is Not, we talk about six career moves and I've talked about them for 40 years and I'm still talking about it. And in a way, they spell lever with two R's. Okay, so let's go through those. Lateral? Lateral, enrichment, vertical, exploratory, realignment, and relocation. And we have sexier names for them in that book. But those are the six moves. They've always been there. And yet people... Yeah, people are just... If they, they have the blinders. So part of the thing that we do as coaches is we ask questions to expand options to expand awareness. And right there, realizing that there's really six options versus the one and just opening the possibility of that. Exactly. And in the training that we do, and you know, the people who now took over career systems call themselves talent dimensions. And talent dimensions offers training for managers, training for employees, consulting, all of that. Mm -hmm. around those six moves, career development, engagement. So it's possible to learn how to do it in your own organization. That's so good. So in response to myth number two, if I don't talk about it, they're not going to think about it. The reality is, and what you say in your book is, people have growth on their minds all the time. By not Paying attention to that, that does not mean that they're not thinking about it. Exactly. And that actually leads to a greater danger. What's that statistic that that people are more likely to leave an organization if they feel ignored than even if they're treated badly? So it's not that I'm wanting people to treat anybody badly, but the reality is people want to be paid attention to. It's like, see me, know me, understand me, take the time to do that. Even if it's moments, take the time. So I feel known and recognized. Good, good. And ultimately, as a leader, taking the time to invest in your people is far less time than replacing those people and reteaching those people and the whole nine yards. So, and less costly. Yes. Big, big time. Well, and you don't want to be known as the manager who everybody leaves either. Right. Uh, that's not necessarily good for, for your visual at work. Right. Anything else about that second myth before we move into the third myth? Just that the whole notion of choice and options 
with an S on the end, I think is a critical message to send when you're recruiting, you know, when you're developing and as you retain people, critical throughout life. Options is, is, is something, you know, I did a coaching session with a woman a little while back and, and as she was talking about this frustration that she was having and all the different things she was, I said, well, what options are available to you? And there was just dead silence and she, all that she whispered, oh my gosh, I have options. And then she got stronger. I've got options. I've got options. Right. It was so empowering. Just, just opening the possibility right. of, well, what options are available to you? I should print a t-shirt. I've got options. I've got options. Absolutely. Right. That's our t-shirt of the day. Right. Right, right, right. Okay. So our third myth is since employees own their careers, it's not my job to do that. So what, what are your thoughts about, you know, being in a place of mind of a leader and saying, well, it's their career. It's not my career. That's not my job. It's not your job to plan it for them. Absolutely. It is your job to lend the support, to lend the ear, and to get them thinking about what it is they want. And we do a whole training around how does an employee think about their their careers. And in a minute, I could say it's all around the five Ps, okay. person, perspective, place, possibilities, and plan. And the leader has to understand that for themselves and then understand how to ask the right questions to move somebody through it, not to have the answers. The other thing that I liked that your book said was that organizations are also responsible for delivering on their promises. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? I think that's the systemic view. Um, You know, it, it is three stakeholders in the career development conundrum. Mm-hmm. And it's the employee who has to own their own career mm-hmm. and ask for what they want. It's the manager who has to, I call that spark, 3S, spark. The manager lends support. And that is, how can I help? How can I refer you somewhere else? And the organization delivers the systems, the job posting, you know, all of that, that helps employees understand what's available out there. And the organization should hold managers accountable for having those conversations. So good. You know, one of the things that's become apparent to me as we've been talking, you've been in business for four decades and have this plethora of material that you've put together, experience that you have. And I keep hearing the different systems that you have, like you've got your five P's and your three S's and your the different acronyms that you have. I think that that's key for people to hear as you think about creating your systems and your uh, processes that you begin to put things in a way that it's easy for people to remember or easy for you to remember and be able to present. So I just want to thank you you for that. My theory, my belief, uh, who I am is I have a doctorate, but I don't feel professorial or, and I want all of what I do to be 
delightfully engaging, deceptively simple, deliberately flexible, and decidedly business-centric. So, you know, in the role I am now, I mentioned I'm calling myself a guide on the side and a sage on the stage. And I am, I guess in a way, I'm willing to coach people out there around putting together coaches, what your specialty is and what you might want to do, maybe in how you market yourself. Mm -hmm. I haven't put an announcement out saying that, but I was thinking as I got ready for this, the great cartoon where Lucy is in a little booth Yes, and it yes. says the doctor is in five cents. Right, right. So anybody out there, I'm beginning to offer that up to an audience. Because there's such, such wisdom that you have to offer from, from the years that you've worked. Right. Thank you for that. So we've done myth number one, which is not enough time. Myth number two, if I don't talk about it, they may not think about it and status quo will be safe. Myth number three was since employees need to own their careers, it's not my job. And now myth number four, everyone wants more, bigger, better, whether it's raises, prestige, power, everybody just wants more. What's your thoughts about that? Just in a nutshell, that thinking, that mindset keeps my door closed. And if, if I thought everybody who walked in, I'm a manager, wants to move up or wants more money, I wouldn't want to open my door either. So that's why I've been trying to teach that growth is growth. Mm-hmm. Growth doesn't mean moving up. It means learning. It means growing. The enrichment move yes. is critical. Like, how do I grow right where I am? So we need to change the mindset of the manager from it's all going to be about up to it's all going to be about growing. And it's hard. I've been doing it for 40 years and I still haven't succeeded. But it's a different perspective to take and look at, you know, what opportunities might be available if I look at it that way instead of up or how can I help these people use their talents creatively rather than if it's just, I've got to give, 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 or more, more, more. What patterns are there that I can help them see and explore? Exactly. Oh, such good stuff. Okay. And our fifth myth is development efforts are best concentrated on high potentials. And many of them already have their plans in place. That's, you know, I'm only going to focus on the high potentials. And yeah, I don't really even need to focus on them because they already have it taken care of. What are your thoughts about that? Anyway. I have always been a big supporter in my work of the massive middle. And yes, I do some work with high potentials. I have some work coming out up with MBAs who think they have it all, or, you know, but I think we have to look at, we still have to help the high potentials. Absolutely. You don't want to ignore them. But this massive middle that buried in the massive middle are many of your high potentials. Mm-hmm. They are like buried treasure. So I think the deeper we go and the broader we go in an organization, looking at careers, 
from everyone's perspective, the more we will retain, engage, and develop a great workforce. So that's a great way to close, isn't it? That is a great way to close because there is so much difference. And the way that people present and the way that that we can tap into their sweet spot might be very, very different. So if we don't dive deep and look, what are we missing? That's right. Oh, such, such good stuff. Anything that we've left on the table, Beverly, as, as we close out our time together today around this career development? It's everything. I mean, there's, yeah, there's a plethora, but... A plethora. You know, I would say to people out there, come on the website, take a look at the myriad of articles that are there. And if you've got a question, send it. I only have one assistant now who's overworked, but I'm still developing uh, my third act. So in my third act, I want to be that guide on the side. So let me know. And, and you know, in on my website, one of the things, a guide on the side, it says that I have a, a treasure vault, that I have a lot of ideas in a vault, not a vault, that I've done before and can offer. I can only um, imagine your vault must be overflowing. Yes. And, and, and the ceiling collapsing got rid of a lot of it. But I still have in other rooms right. things I've saved. So let me know how I can help. And thank and- you. Thanks for coming forward and sharing these great ideas with us that help us partner with our clients who lead others, those who are working, those regardless. I'm sure it helps all of us in our own thoughts about our own career growth as well. So Dr. Beverly Kay, thank you for joining us today. And you were a great interviewer. Oh, so thank you. Very smart. There are just so many talented, knowledgeable professionals in our world that are so willing to share their expertise with us. And Dr. Beverly Kay's information was so helpful for any of us who work with leaders or work with within organizations to help them understand employee needs so that they keep their employees and they can build organizations that are successful and meet their employee needs. So thanks again to Dr. Beverly Kay for joining us. If you'd like to know more about Beverly, check out the links in the show notes at starcoachshow.com episode 170. So are you enjoying the show? And are you sharing the show with others? I hope that as you find content that is helpful to you, you might reach out and share the links with friends who can gain from the content that we're sharing on the starcoachshow.com or on starcoachshow as a whole, but you can find it at starcoachshow.com. Next week, we are exploring how to be financially responsible as a business owner. We are joined by Daniel Blue, who teaches financial education to business owners to help them understand how to save for the future, protect their assets, save money on taxes, those kinds of things. And we are doing a dive into financial education next week with Daniel Blue. 
be sure to come back and explore that with us. And if you're enjoying the show, be sure to leave a rate and review at Apple Podcasts. If you don't know how to get to that, there is a link for leaving a review at starcoachshow.com at the very bottom of the page, and we would appreciate your review. So until next week, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success. I hope that your week is filled with joy and prosperity and that you come back next week so that we can have some more fun. Take care.